This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on Huckabee, U.S. intelligence expert Rebecca Coppler, the refreshing comedy of Robert G. Lee, 2021 CMA Musician of the Year, Janae Flader. Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee! Welcome, everybody. Thank you very much. We have a great crowd here in our theater. We're so happy to have them with us, and we wish you would be with them real soon. Got a great show lined up for you. But I want to get started by saying to you that if Washington, D.C. were a gene pool, it would be a very shallow one. And that's partially because of the politically incestuous nature of the people who live there and who make a great living off taxpayers like you and me. Calling those people political parasites is an insult to real parasites like hookworms and pinworms and tapeworms. (laughs) I mean, those parasites, well, frankly, they do a lot less damage and they're easier to get rid of. Yeah. Now, you heard for five years about how Russia was supposed to have influenced Donald Trump even though $35 million of a special counsel's investigation concluded that he didn't. Poor Adam Schiff. He spent years lying about having evidence of Russian collusion, but he never produced a shred of it. Maybe the idea all along was to convince the gullible, gutless, and worthless partisan lapdogs in the media that there was collusion between Trump and the Russians while hiding the real collusion that the press is ignoring right under their stopped up, crusted over noses. So tonight, I wanna introduce you to a few people, some that you've heard of and some you haven't. And I wanna show you that it isn't that hard to see the real problems in Washington. I like to call this whole process, deep state or deep sewer. How about that? So I have, thanks to some very talented people on our staff, a wonderful display to show you how things are all really connected. I even have a pointer. How about that? Let's start right here with Nancy Pelosi, who impeached President Trump. And she was the one who handpicked the January 6th committee that included her handpicked Republican, Liz Cheney. Now, Liz Cheney is married to this guy, Philip Perry. He is a partner at the law firm Latham and Watkins LLP. 
That's a Washington law firm whose office represents the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign and Hillary for America. And it also represents a guy by the name of Michael Sussman and another guy named Mark Elias, who, by the way, he would need his own board all by himself. Now, they both work at a law firm called Perkins Coie, which, by the way, was hired by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC for the purpose of engaging a guy by the name of Glenn Simpson over here. He had a company called Fusion GPS. They hired this guy, ex-British spy Christopher Steele. He put his name on a bogus dossier from a source named Igor Danchenko, who is, by the way, under indictment himself. Now, this all tells a fake Russia story involving Alpha Bank, which came from a sensitive arrangement between the NSA and this guy down here, Rodney Joff, who in 2015 had on retainer as his attorney, wait for it, Michael Sussman. Hey, folks, we just found that one out recently. Now, Danchenko's source was Charles Dolan, who was a longtime associate of Hillary Clinton. And both Danchenko and Dolan worked at a place called the Brookings Institution. And it was run by a guy named Strobe Talbot, who just happened to be a longtime associate of Hillary Clinton. The Alpha Bank hoax was pushed to the media by Hillary Clinton and this guy, Jake Sullivan. You know who he is? He's now the national security advisor for President Joe Biden. And it was also pushed to James Comey's FBI and John Brennan's CIA. They all bought in on it. And it was pushed to them by Michael Sussman, who, remember, is under indictment. And he's represented by, of course... Latham and Watkins Law Firm, which defended the DNC in the lawsuit brought by falsely accused Trump supporter Carter Page. The attorneys that helped be a part of that? Catherine Rumler and Lisa Monaco, right here. Now, they were together originally in helping prosecute the Enron case with a guy by the name of Andrew Weissman. Now, frankly, Weissman would need his on board, too. But you may remember him. He was the one who ran Robert Mueller's $35 million waste of money trying to trap Donald Trump. Oh, and Catherine Rumler, who has also represented the Clinton Foundation. Yeah, when did she do that? Oh, it was while she was at Latham and Watkins Law Firm, and in the 90s, as White House counsel, she defended Bill Clinton. Her colleague, Lisa Monaco, worked closely with President Obama, along with Susan Rice. And yeah, folks, we'd need another board for Susan Rice if we had time. Catherine Rumler and Lisa Monaco worked on the Carter Page case with Nicholas McQuaid, who is a colleague of Christopher Clark. Who's that? Oh, he's just a defense attorney for Hunter Biden. And you know what? We would definitely need another board for him. A big board. Maybe several boards. Maybe one big enough he could do a painting on it for us that would be worth millions. Who knows? So Christopher Clark, 
Hunter Biden's attorney was, of course, a lawyer at Latham and Watkins Law Firm with Nicholas McQuaid. Well, that is until he moved on day one of Joe Biden's presidency to the Justice Department. Folks, this is all true. I'm not making any of this up. Catherine Rumler, known as Obama's fixer, and Lisa Monaco, she's now the second in command at the Justice Department, just behind Attorney General Merrick Garland, who was nominated to the Supreme Court by President Obama. And now Attorney General Merrick Garland can shut down special counsel John Durham if he wants to, because Durham might be sniffing a little close to President Obama. So what if that happens? Or maybe not just him, but any big client of Latham Watkins, like the DNC or the Hillary Clinton campaign or Hillary Clinton herself. And there you have this convoluted craziness like you've never seen before. And folks, that's just the tip of the iceberg. But the ice beneath the surface gives me the chills, knowing just how corrupt our government has become. Because you know what's worse than the COVID virus? The corruption that stinks up Washington. Folks, we've got a clean house and disinfect that filthy place. Now, as rampant as corruption is within our own borders, domestic threats aren't the only ones we've got to keep our eyes on. Threats abroad, unfortunately, require that we keep our eyes on several things at once. It's not always the case that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Now, we've got a Russian-born intelligence expert who has made it her work to get inside the mind of Vladimir Putin. And right after the break, we're going to meet that special guest. But right now, I just thought maybe I've got some cleaning up to do, given all this stuff that we've got. My goodness, I think it's time to clean this up. Ah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. With thousands of families displaced and torn apart in Ukraine, Samaritan's Purse is taking up the charge of Christ, reaching the lost and the needy there. Now, this good work is possible by the grace of God and by your generosity. I hope you'll consider visiting the Samaritan's Purse website or calling them today and make a difference. Thank you and God bless. Well, Vladimir Putin has the world on edge. He continues to push into Ukraine even threatens a nuclear response to any Western intervention. Now, is it bluster, or does he really mean what he says? 
Well, my first guest tonight is an expert in the field. She is a Russian-born U.S. intelligence expert, a veteran of the Defense Intelligence Agency and the CIA's clandestine service. She's briefed the Pentagon, the White House, and NATO on Russian affairs. There are very few people alive today more qualified to answer the questions that we've got for her tonight. So would you please give a great big welcome to our show, Rebecca Koffler. Rebecca, thank you. Thank you so much. We are so glad to have you here. People are asking, is Putin crazy? Has he lost it? Or is this just such an evil man that he doesn't know the difference? He's absolutely not crazy, uh, Governor. He's a cold-blooded, rational, former KGB officer. And he is an evil person. But there's no known mental anomalies in this person. He's just think he's a different person. He comes from the same culture that produced Ivan the Terrible, mm. who killed his own son, and the same culture that produced Joseph Stalin, who killed, murdered millions of the Russian people. So that's the kind of stock that he comes from. You grew up in the Soviet Union. That's where you spent most of your formative years until you were able to get here. Mm -hmm. um, life in the Soviet Union for you as a child, as you look back, what is it about that that you remember and really are glad to be out of? So um, I was raised um, by my parents who disagreed with the Soviet socialist communist system. Yeah. And I was raised to eventually go to America, the land of freedom and justice and opportunity. And I, my parents encouraged me to learn English since I was in third grade. And that's what I remember the best. I don't know how they knew about America, but somehow they knew that this was the place to be. And uh, I remember that. Some of the, you know, not so go good parts, as I told you during the break, you know, socialism is a terrible system. Yes. And I am just frightened that it's being normalized, at least in our national discourse. And as I told you, one of the horrific things that I remember is that my teeth were drilled without Novocaine. Oh. As oh. part of the wonderful, glorious, free medical care. Yeah, you know, I think I would pass on free medical care if yeah, they were going to do too. my teeth without Thank Novocaine. You. I've got to be pre-medicated to have my teeth cleaned, for heaven's sake. I, <laughs> and that's not a joke. I really do. That's how big a baby I am. I'd never make it in this old Soviet Union. But your parents... I, I've read you, they have told you some things when you were little growing up about how to survive in that system. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that they told you that look eerily familiar to what parents are having to say to their children now? Very familiar. And what's eerie about this, uh, Governor Huckabee, is that I right now say the same things to my American-born children mm. uh, when they go to school that my mom told me when I was a little girl. Three things. First, don't believe everything that your teachers are teaching you. Second, don't believe everything that you hear on TV or on the radio. Mm. And mm. third, keep your family's views private. Why? It's because, you know, the Soviets were constantly monitoring everybody for dissent, 
right? And so it was not safe to share to somebody, you know, uh, criticism because my family, as I said, they were anti-communist and uh, they would tell us the truth, okay? So remember Brezhnev, he would just try to say, oh, you know, America is bad, you know, capitalism is bad, uh, USSR is the best country in the world. You are probably the country's leading expert on Vladimir Putin. You've written this book called Putin's Playbook. It came out almost a year ago. So no one had any idea that when you wrote this book, it would become sort of like the go-to source to find out who in the heck is this guy? What makes him tick? Yeah. If, if you were briefing the White House today, what would you tell them about Putin that you don't think they get? I think they are, I would tell them that first, they completely underestimated who he is, right? And I would point out to uh, President Joe Biden that he had a chance when he was vice president of uh, Barack Obama, he had the chance to listen to the briefings and believe them because Putin really never made it a secret what he wanted to do. Every press conference, every strategic planning document, every address to the people, he made it very clear that he wanted to reconstitute a supranational alliance, not unlike the former Soviet Union, right? And he would use military means to do that if he can't do it without uh, going, you know, crossing the threshold of going to war, right? And at that point, Joe Biden had two choices to make. He could have believed the briefings, the intelligence briefings, and use the time to develop a viable counter strategy, right? The way that, the one that we had back during Ronald Reagan, because in, tremendous intellectual firepower goes into developing a deterrent strategy, right? Yeah. So, well, unfortunately, President Biden and uh, former President Obama chose to ignore intelligence and instead, they even were misusing the intelligence resources. I was watching what you were telling, digging dirt on Trump, trying to concoct a non-existent collusion strategy, Co collusion uh, theory, right? The conspiracy theory yeah. that didn't exist. And I have it in, that, in my book. And this is why we're in this horrible situation with Russia right now with our Washington national security apparatus grasping at straws is because they ignored intelligence and they didn't do what we were supposed to do. And now we, I basically think Ukrainian people's blood is in uh, Joe Biden's hands. It's the same people, Jake Sullivan. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, it's very hard for most Americans and people even in the rest of the West, Europe as well, to understand that Putin does not think like they think. No. So, you know, when people say, well, he would never actually use a nuclear weapon, would he? Yes, he would. That's like the whole thing. Uh, Russia, on Putin's orders, right, um, Russian military developed a very sophisticated nuclear doctrine that is even more dangerous than the one that they had during the Cold War. During the Cold War, as you remember, we had MAD, Mutual Assured Destruction. Yeah. Uh, under that theory, there's no incentive for either side to engage in nuclear warfare. Today's doctrine is actually battlefield. It's not a psychological weapon that used to be in the Cold War. It's actually battlefield doctrine. Why did they do that? It's because they have concluded that U.S. military is superior in purely conventional uh, terms, right? 
The Russians have watched 20 years of our war fighting style and they learned from it and they figured out what our vulnerabilities are that they believe is our dependence on technology and high-tech weaponry, right? But technology and weaponry does not win wars. We learned it in Afghanistan and a lot of other places. So this is why Putin has developed a doctrine whereby if he perceives that NATO is about to interfere on behalf of Ukraine or any other pro-Soviet states that he would want to resubjugate, then he would go as far as pop a low-yield nuclear warhead, nuclear strike in Europe to de-escalate conflict. It's very counterintuitive, but it's called escalate to de-escalate. I mean, you, what you've described is that of when I say madman, I don't mean insane, right. but a person who is devoid of any sense of moral character, he will send thousands of his own troop to Correct. their slaughter and not even bother to get their bodies back to their family because he just doesn't care. No. Why did the U.S. intelligence agencies redact so much of your book and refuse to let you print so much of it? Because they didn't want the truth to come out, right? As you pointed out, on this board, it is the uh, Hillary Clinton administration and her whole you know, team of corrupt officials, intelligence officials, James Clapper, FBI director, James, uh, I'm sorry, DNI, director of national yeah. intelligence, James Comey, FBI director, and John Brennan, Obama's CIA director. They were busy misusing intelligence processes that were designed against foreign adversaries. And they use those processes and resources, they weaponize them against US citizens, such as Carter Page, such as my former boss, uh, DIA Director General Flynn, who was President Trump's uh, national security advisor, mm -hmm. and, and other people, Tucker Carlson, right? They are spying. And, and, and so this is why, and they didn't want people to know all the truth. And they said, oh, it's classified. They classified their incompetence. Well, I want to say they've taken a lot of things away from the message, but they didn't take enough that you don't tell the story in the single most powerful way I've seen. Anybody interested in knowing what is Putin up to? What's he likely to do? This is the definitive to work on it by the one person who has researched it more. Rebecca, thank you very much for your insights. And for our audience, if you want to learn more about Rebecca, Head over to Huckabee.tv. We have a link to Rebecca's book and all about what she is uh, researching and studying, especially in this book, Putin's Playbook. It is available online and in stores everywhere. Now, Keith Bilbrey has his own playbook. Keith, take a look at it and tell us what we have coming up next. Oh, you're going to like it next. Mike's funny news stories on In Case You Missed It. Later, the Country Music Association's reigning musician of the year, Janae Fleeter. You're watching Huckabee. everybody. Now, we would love to invite you to join us here in Nashville. Our Huckabee Studio audience tickets, they're free. So all you got to do is go to Huckabee.tv and click on that place that says tickets and be here for an upcoming show. I think you truly will enjoy it. And if you want to go someplace 
even farther away from your mother-in-law, you can go with me to Israel, May the 8th through the 18th, and experience the land of the Bible. Israel is back open for visitors, and I know you want to go. You can get the details at thegreatesttrip.com. I hope to see you on the trip. Well, from round-the-clock NPR to defacing a faceless art piece, hey, we've got all the news that's going to give you satisfaction on In Case You Missed It. Well, there are some Mazda owners in Seattle. They got a serious problem. Their car radios are stuck, Keith, on the local NPR station. Oh, wow. Now, I know what you're thinking. Aren't all radios in Seattle stuck on NPR? (laughs) Yeah, that's a big part of Seattle's problem. I would expect that the Prius drivers would be stuck on NPR. But something about the public radio station signal causes the Mazda's infotainment systems to constantly reboot and keep the radio stuck on NPR. Uh, it's a serious safety hazard, actually. I got actually. radio buddies who'd love to know about that. Yeah, they to get them on their station. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is a serious safety hazard for these cars because with all those well, sure. Mazda drivers falling asleep at the wheel... That's right. Uh, <laughs> ...listening to NPR, that's, that's not good. <laughs> it's just a good thing that Seattle does have a lot of places to buy some really strong coffee. There that you helps, go. yeah. Well, it seems as if authors are getting younger all the time. This is a young man, Dylan... Helbig of Boise, Idaho. He is eight years old. Dylan is into self-publishing. He wrote and he illustrated his own 88-page book. And then, I love this, he sneaked it into the local library shelves. Yeah. It's called The Adventure of Dylan Helbig's Christmas. Spells (laughs) C-R-I-S-S-M-I-S. Christmas. And it tells about him traveling in time to events like the first Thanksgiving and all sorts of historical events. Well, the librarians liked his book so much, they added it to the catalog. Oh, good. Now there are 135 people on a waiting list to read this eight-year-old's book. Which, by the way, that's more people. It's great, but the beautiful thing, that's more people than read Andrew Cuomo's book. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then again, Dylan's book, was a whole lot more believable, yeah. right? Well, the Elson Center in Russia exhibited a painting called Three Figures that depicts three faceless heads. Now, this painting is valued at over $1 million. But, Keith, it might be worth a little less right now yeah, because... I heard about that. Oh, man, a new security guard just hired on his first night got <laughs> bored, and he used a ballpoint pen <laughs> to draw eyes on the faceless painting. Oh, <laughs> Personally, I kind of like it. The eyes follow you around yeah. the room. He, he may have a gift. Now, I don't know how you can charge someone <laughs> with defacing a painting by giving it faces. Can you imagine in the orientation? Now, the one thing we don't want you to do on this job <laughs> is mess with the painting. Yeah, don't help the artist any here. Anyway, I'm not sure you'll be surprised, but the guard got fired, and he may even face jail time. Meanwhile, art restorers have worked on the painting, and I think it looks great now, so maybe they're going to be okay. (laughs) I like that one better. Larry Uh, Moen. The SmokingGun.com reports that police in Naples, Florida, arrested a man who was allegedly causing a drunken disturbance at two restaurants. 
He yelled at patrons, and then he climbed up on stage and claimed he was Mick Jagger. He sounds like he was having his 19th nervous breakdown. This was in Florida? In, of course it was. Florida man. You Gary, know. have you been to Florida lately? All right, just so you know, this is Mick Jagger. And this is that guy in Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Mick Jagger could be this guy's dad. <laughs> but then again, Mick could be anybody's dad, right? <laughs> but here's the scary part. This guy's only 59 years old, which makes him nearly 20 years younger than Mick. He says he's Mick Jagger, but I guess he's been living a whole lot more like Keith Richards. Yeah, right? I think yeah. so. Looks well, like Keith's going to outlive all of us. I'm satisfied. Yeah, he will. I, there's no doubt about it. Finally, something a little more uplifting. Meet Magnus, the therapy dog. He's a yellow lab who became a social media sensation for doing stretches with his owner. And he does them all the downward dog, the upward dog, the sideways dog. But there is one stretch that you should never do around a dog, the tree. Oh, no. That might not end well. <laughs> I don't know the audience gets that one just I, yet. I, I don't know. As a, well, anyway, that's dog all. Lovers. That's, we know about it. Yeah, I know. But that's all the dog jokes I've got for tonight. I'm sorry if they were a little rough. Oh. But if you wanted something better, then you were barking up the wrong tree. There you go. But until next time, always remember, we read the news. Next, hilarious stand-up comedy with Robert G. Lee. Later, award-winning musician Janae Fleener. It's on Huckabee. Huckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Welcome back, everybody. You know what? I think one of the best reasons to come to be in the studio for a show and get tickets is because you get to hear so much more of the incredible Rock the House music of Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Reason one to come. And here are a bunch more. Well, winter is not quite over yet, so there's still time to make the most of the season. And if you're wise enough to go to this next town, you're going to hear for yourself how the hills sing. Keith is going to tell you why this winter wonderland is our kind of town. At the base of Vermont's highest peak is a place that hosted travelers for over 200 years the wonderful town of Stowe. Stowe is a four-season destination offering plenty of activities and events all year long. Spring and summer offer activities like hiking and biking along Stowe's wonderful world-class trail system. And the streams and lakes are just begging for you to paddle around and explore. Fall is a magical time with breathtaking scenes with vibrant color foliage taking center stage. It'll leave you absolutely speechless and it's something you'll never forget. Now, all seasons have something to offer, but make no mistake, winter is the king in Stowe. As one of the best classic ski towns in the world, Stowe doesn't disappoint with its many great slopes for exciting skiing at all levels. Ready for some high energy fun? Then you're ready for snowboarding. Oh, and don't forget dog sled, ding! 
and team up them dogs and embark on a sledding adventure across the frozen tundra. Burr. Stowe has a most adorable Main Street ever. Stroll through the shops, boutiques, galleries, and specialty markets. Stowe is the number one ski town for foodies in the U.S., so you'll want to experience the local flavor on Main Street. Visit the White Steeple Stowe Community Church. It's a memorable trip through our Hallmark movie town. Stowe has a vibrant arts and culture scene with galleries, live musical shows, dance and theater performances, and that's not all. Stowe is host of one of the most famous winter events in the U.S., the annual Stowe Winter Carnival. Watch professional ice skaters and masterful ice carvings, all surrounded by an enchanting winter wonderland. The hills are just alive with, oh wait, that reminds me. Whether you're a Sound of Music fan or not, you gotta see the Trap Family Lodge. Opened in 1950, and it's still owned and operated by the storied Van Trapp family. Only in Stowe can you find breathtaking scenic views, abundant outdoor recreation, and small town charm. All packaged together in a bucket list worthy adventure. And that's why Stowe, Vermont, is our kind of town. That looks like a fun place to go. And then Keith, you and I can go up there and we'll just start singing, the hills are alive with a sound of music. music. And they'll throw both of us out of Stowe, Vermont. <laughs> but the rest of us, I think, would love going there. And, and you know, Keith, I'd pay money to see you act out the sound of music at the Von Trapp House. I just think that I would be spectacular. That. I can do that. We are so grateful to the, all the folks that helped explore the great town of Stowe, Vermont, like Mark Vandenberg and Umiak Outdoor Outfitters, the Trap Family Lodge, and Stowe Mountain Resorts. I hope you will check out GoStowe.com and then plan your own visit to this wonderful American town. Well, our next guest is Hollywood's top sitcom warm-up comic. He's heard thousands of times a month on Sirius Radio's Clean Comedy Channel. And here's something pretty amazing. He can perform the entire Bible in six minutes. His new book on the intersection of faith and science is called, What's the Big Idea? A Comedian Explains God, the Universe, and Other Minor Stuff. Please welcome back for his third visit, one of our favorites, Robert G. Lee. Thank you very much. Uh, before I get started and dive in, I just want to apologize for my carbon footprint, income inequality, uh, my white privilege, and just being a man in general. I just thought I'd apologize. <laughs> Apparently, my demographic is responsible for every problem in the world today, so let me just apologize for everything. I'm sorry for the high cost of health care, uh, global warming, and that AK-47s are legal, but in California, plastic straws are not. I'm sorry. <laughs> for hurricanes, bad hair day, and the last half of every Saturday Night Live. Ladies, I'm sorry for so much. I'm sorry for the pain of childbirth and that society pressures you into shaving and waxing everything, which I enjoy, which makes me a hypocrite, so I'm sorry for that. So I'm sorry. And, and, and let me just say, oh, well, okay, we'll wait. Okay. White guys, 
Time's up. Sorry. Uh, you, you had a good, a good run, but uh, your dynasty has been supplanted by diversity, so sorry. So if anything's ever bothered you in your life or ever is going to bother you in the future, let me just say I'm sorry for all of it. And now that, that move, can we move on? Are we good? Can we move? All right, here we go. It may surprise you to know that the number one question people ask comedians is, where do we get our material? And I've got to tell you, we don't usually make stuff up. Things just happen to us that don't happen to doctors and lawyers. I'll give you an example. I was at a big convention. I was sleeping with another comic. All right, no, wait. Nope, that came out wrong. Okay. Um, I was sharing a consensual space with another cisgendered male. Okay, there. You got to be careful nowadays. Anyway, so he's a road comic, and he can't sleep unless the TV and the lights are on. He also has a sleep apnea machine, which is great if you like sleeping next to Darth Vader. It's like... <laughs> so I've got earplugs, so you know, I think I'm okay, but I like to sleep in the dark. It's a quirk. So I put a pillow over my head, but I like to breathe. That's another quirk. And I'm lying, but what am I going to do? And I realize I don't have a sleep mask, but I do have clean underwear. So... All right, a few of you are ahead of me. Very good. All right, so... I, put, I get up and I put on a pair like a mask and it's got two ear holes and a convenient opening for my nose. Okay, now you're all on board. All right. I'm lying back in bed and I feel like a superhero. I, I'm tidy whitey man right now. This is, I'm, and I'm waiting for my sidekick boxer boy and we'll go fight our nemesis granny panty. So I'm, I'm just about to fall asleep and I think to myself, what if I die like this? How are they going to explain this to my wife? Mrs. Lee, we found your husband in a hotel room of another man with underwear on his head. No, no eulogy can make that sound good. So I get up and I write a note and I put it on the pillow next to me. If found dead, please remove underwear. I'm just about to fall asleep and I realize, got to write another note. So I write another one. The top ones. You cannot be too careful. So I put that there. So... I wake up the next morning to the sound of laughter and the other comedians on the bed and ask if I'm a dyslexic dresser. And it turns out he's taken pictures of me and he's posted them, yes, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, which sounds bad, but I got an endorsement deal from Fruit of the Loom, so it's great. <laughs> Who knew at this age I'd be an underwear model, you know? And that's how we get our material. It's so simple. Now, before I close tonight, I do want to address the elephant in the room and tell you that while I may look like the ghost of Christmas future, I identify as an athletic 17-year-old testosterone god. My pronouns are yo, sup, and <laughs> And you may think that's culturally insensitive, but whatever. So here's my advice to you youthists. Don't cast old people aside. Realize that we're signposts along the way of your life showing you what will happen to you eventually. And pay attention because it's going to happen to you. Young people realize that anytime you walk by any old person within the last week, at some point, something on them stopped working for no reason. You try and find a safe space for that. My wife and I were out walking. All of a sudden, my thigh started to hurt. It's like my thigh... Did I pull a thigh? Do I need a thiectomy? What's happening here? I'm falling apart, but do I get any robocalls asking to extend my warranty? No. Here's my point. 
We all went through puberty at the same time. But old age is different for every single person. You're like a car, and you don't know what part's going to go first. You get out of bed, and for no reason, your fender just falls off. And, and you find that you're leaking fluid. And, and, and one blinker is on the fritz, and, you're, and your shoulder is out of alignment, and you've got a, a spare tire, and your seat is sagging, and your suspension is gone, and your muffler must be shot because you're backfiring way more than you ever did. Every time I get out of bed, I sound like I'm a Model T starting up. <laughs> but on the good news, no matter where I go, I never run out of gas. That's it for me. Thank you so much. That was great, Robert. You know, I got to tell you, you're the only comic I know that would have the courage to tell a joke about wearing underwear over your face and then having a backfire. And somehow we're supposed to believe, let's pray, that was a different pair. I just yeah. hope it was. <laughs> I think it was. I think, I think it was. So glad to have you here. Robert G. Lee, everybody. Here is his book, What's the Big Idea? And if you want to see more of his comedy, plus talk about this book, you can get it. All about how to understand God, and it's pretty simple. And uh, here's how you get it. Go to Huckabee.tv, and when you go there, we have a link to everything about Robert G. Lee. Right now, Keith Bilbrey, maybe you can explain the rest of the show tonight. Ooh, never come up with anything as humble as that. Well, coming up, musician Janae Fleener talks with Mike on Huckabee. Join Mike's guests, Tony Perkins and Joel Claudio. And welcome back. Janae Flinner is a multi-instrumentalist, singer, and songwriter. She's primarily known for her extraordinary talents playing the fiddle. Now, after all, she's just been playing since she was three years old. She's also from Arkansas, just like me. But she is the first and only female to have won the prestigious Country Music Association's Musician of the Year Award three times. That ain't like me. Well, she's been called a superstar. I agree with that assessment. Please welcome Janae Fleener. Janae, I've been so excited about your coming to be on the show. You. you are the pride of Arkansas. I'm so proud of what you have done in the music world. Thank you so much. Woo pig suey. Yes, Come indeed. <laughs> to my Arkansas people. And we actually have something to kind of crow about this year. Yes. You know, basketball and football are coming yes. back, and so that's good. <laughs> but we're proud of you for a whole lot of reasons. You, you've set some high marks in the music world, and I was mentioning three-time CNA Musician of the Year. That is huge. Yeah, um, honestly, I have to pinch myself. The first time I was like, uh, of course I dreamed of that as a little girl, but 
really my dream was to become a session musician in Nashville. And, um, you know, the awards you get along the way are the icing on the cake. And to get it one time, two times, three times, unbelievable. Um, well, you're a lovely person. People love you. working with you. Thank and that's you. evident because, I mean, you've worked with everyone from Blake Shelton, Trace Adkins. You've written songs that were recorded by Dolly Parton. Yeah, my first uh, cut, <laughs> Dolly sang on. I mean, how, how wow. cool is that? She's one of the great songwriters of our era. Yeah. She picks your song <laughs> and decides she wants to do it. I mean, that's got to be pretty heady stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a song I wrote with uh, Jamie Johnson of the Grass and his wife. Um, it was a song called I Am Strong. We wrote it for kids with um, that had childhood cancer. Mm. And... Uh, it's honestly a song that was sent from God. And I believe what I do, it, it is a gift from God. Yeah. And um, uh, so that song, <laughs> uh, the Graskels sang it, and Dolly ended up singing on it as well and told us that was that was our Code of Many Colors song. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, Dolly. That's a compliment. Uh, yeah. You started when you were just a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, did, did your parents say, I think you could be a fiddle player and handed you an <laughs> instrument? How did it start? So my mom and dad saw these little kids in the paper. By the way, my mom's out there. Yay. Hi, Helen. Here. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. Um, so mom and dad saw these little kids in the paper and thought they looked cute. And mom said they look like the little mafia. <laughs> <laughs> and so she signs me up for Suzuki, the classical yeah. method of training, at three years old and does it by the book. She learns alongside with me. Um, you start out with a little cardboard box violin until you learn how to take care of it. And then, um, yeah, I, I did my first recital by the time I was four, four and a half, and you mm. have to play 20-something songs. And and then I heard uh, my dad playing Bob Wills records and Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard. And the first time hearing Faded Love, it just captured me. Yeah. And I ended up learning it by ear when I was about five and stood up on a cedar chest I played it for my parents, just learned it by ear. And I kind of knew that fiddling was a little more fun, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think mom's dream for me was to, to go the Juilliard route, but um, I always, I did classical and fiddle playing. They would not, they always, they let me go to Cajun te teachers and old-time fiddling and um, Western swing and but always I was doing classical and, and fiddling alongside each so other. So help everybody to understand. Yeah. Is, is there a difference between the actual instrument, mm -hmm. a violin, and a fiddle? That's my number one asked question. <laughs> I thought it would be, yeah. No, there's no, no difference. A fiddle and a violin are jokes. the same thing? <laughs> it's just who plays it, huh? Uh, or and, uh, a violin has strings and a fiddle has strings. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like one that's been around a while. Yes. Yep. You carry a violin <laughs> in a case and a fiddle in a toe sack. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a few others. Well, Janae, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you. Um, we're going to have you do some music with us, and I can't wait to be able to join real musicians and play with you. <laughs> I would love for our audience to buy or stream Janae Fleener's magnificent music. After you hear her tonight, I'm pretty sure you're going to say, I got to have that. The song <laughs> we're going to do is one you're going to love. Go to Huckabee.tv for links and all things about Janae. Now, after the break, Janae and I are going to play some music together, and I do not want you to miss it, so better not go away.
after the show, go to Huckabee.tv for a digital and exclusive and amazing performance of Amazing Grace by Janae Fleener. Now, here to perform Good Old Girls with Trey Corley in the Music City Connection with Mike on bass joining in is Janae Fleener. <laughs> Country as 